0: Welcome to the Women's Equality Journal. This is Lois Catherine Herr. And I'm continuing a story that I started a few podcasts ago about how the phone company, then AT&T, faced significant charges of discrimination in the 1970s and how the government and the National Organization for Women affected the result. In previous podcasts, I first talked about the rules that were in existence for women in the company and my awakening to how we needed to change them. In the second in the series, I talked about how the challenge to the phone company came about. And in the third, I talked about why the phone company's good intentions really didn't matter. It mattered what they did and what the results were. Today, we're going to talk about the role the National Organization for Women played in this adventure. Now, founded just in 1966, was a relatively small organization spread across the country. It did have about 5,000 members or so we said. Uh, The records were kept in uh, cards in an index file. It was very simple back then. There were local chapters in cities across the country. There was a national board, which basically ran things then, uh, but individuals and local chapters were aware of the phone company discrimination and tried to work with local women and sometimes in cases uh, actually held protests. But the issue was abroad in the land. Women were in women-only jobs, and they wanted to have more opportunity. Ann Scott, a now leader, was developing Now's first version of a model affirmative action plan for companies. She was working with friends she already had at the Department of Labor and Health Education and Welfare in government. And soon, now came out with something called the Now Phone Company Anti Discrimination Affirmative Action Kit. Now started work on a national action then against phone companies. And they were pushing the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, to focus on sex discrimination cases based on the civil rights law. Now leaders actually met with leaders of the EEOC and with phone company executives. It happened on all levels. In, uh, in 1971 chapters geared up for protests and demonstrations against phone company offices across the country. In fact, they took place in Boston, New York, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Miami, Huntsville, Alabama, Milwaukee, Youngstown, Ohio, St. Louis, New Orleans, Albuquerque, Houston, Los Angeles, Seattle, and other places. Women were on the move trying to make sure that this case went forward. Now, the phone company actually invited feminists into their talks and uh, helped uh, them try to understand what women really wanted. After all, this company was not totally averse to the issues of women since over half of its employees were women. Now formed on the national level an AT&T task force to coordinate their activities. And when the famous August 26 marches came about, Um, there were events across the country tied into the phone company issues. Through all this, we had a lot of sisterhood, tears, laughter, and a lot of fun in this adventure. And we made progress. By the time the EEOC filed its thousands of pages in the case against the phone company, now was ready to move as well. AT&T was charged AT&T, then known as friendly as the only phone company, was the single largest oppressor of women and minorities in the country. The battle was joined. In efforts that were not so public, now members like me and women in the phone company, I was also in the phone company, provided information. We provided information. I and my husband particularly, provided information to NOW about how we were structured as a business and what were the issues to talk about. And that was not particularly devious. I wanted, I liked the company. I, I just wanted it to live up to its, um, its goals. And I wanted it to be better company. Later, I would want to run it, and I never actually got to do that, but I did get to have some influence in it, and I stayed with this case for the whole, you know, close to three years. It became a part of my life um, and brought me many friends and lots of satisfaction, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity to tell you more about the adventures of the early 70s in the equal employment case involving the phone company.